Sports Joe presents the GAA Hour. Okay, you're very welcome to the GA Hour. Lee Costello is on holidays this week. Kyle Coney is, is taking Lee's place today, the former Tyrone footballer. Um, yeah, Lee is out in Amsterdam, so he, he's having a good time with it anyway, Kyle. Yeah, well, you, you, you've got an upgrade, so you can, you'd be happy enough you've got a, a good co-host today. He'll be delighted to hear that. <laughs> you were on, you were commentating up in um, Armagh yesterday, Kyle, so um, you, you had a good day at it. It was a, a wet day, so so you've you've dried out anyway. Yeah, I was lucky enough now to, to be doing the, the Ulster yesterday um, conditions were poor but the, the pitch in Furness uh, I know I've seen um, pictures of, of the game down in Limerick the pitch was in, in pretty bad condition but in Furness the athletic grounds normally holds up pretty well it gets a lot of school games and all throughout this time of year but the pitch was, was in good enough condition um, there wasn't a, an awful lot of slipping and sliding but it was a wet wet day for, for football and the breeze had a had a burn in the second half definitely on the game at Scottstown probably didn't make enough of the use of it in the first half and, and Glenn with that we were more controlled and calm and possession in the second half and, and they took full control or full benefit of, of that breeze Yeah so Scottsdale were only two points up at half time like at, at the time did, did you feel that they would have needed a bit more? I'll be honest I thought they were playing really really well um, they, in the first couple of minutes they they turned Ethan Doherty, Conor McCarthy turned Ethan Doherty and James Hamill had turned him over twice. So it's obviously something they, they wanted to get out of the, the blocks really fast. Um, they were kicking the ball whenever they turned Glenn over in, in their own 45. They were leaving Jack McCarn up. They were giving him that role of staying up. Even Ryan Dugan was going up the pitch. Jack McCarn was still staying with the Glenn um, keeper. I thought that they started really, really well. They did kick four ways in the first half from tight angles. They probably shots that wasn't on. And I suppose uh, I ended up talking to Banty at half time and he was thinking he, he sort of the same opinion as himself that two points wasn't going to be enough. Um, just the way Glenn can can control and manipulate the game to, to their favour. Two points probably wasn't enough to if it had been pushed out to four or five, I, I think they might have held on, but two points just w- wasn't enough. So I'm, I'm glad that you were... Um... I suppose working working at this game first of all because I was I was watching the Castlehaven the the Munster final at the time but um, from reading a report on on we'll obviously we'll get to the Castlehaven game later on but from reading a report um, from the Ulster final um, Carol Kane had it that was Darren Hughes started at full forward and they'd, even Conor McCarthy was in there for for uh, the first mi- right. minute or two so what was the what was the story there. They went with James Hamill um, in the middle of the field along with Kieran Cues for the throw-in. Uh, and then it sort of it, it worked its way out where Darren Cues did play a, a bit of football at, um, at full forty. It seemed to be even in the second half that if Jack McCarron was coming out of Roman, it, it would be Darren Cues that would find himself um, in the full forty. And I think maybe with the way they started, if they had won the throw and they lost the throw and it went to a break and then Conor Glass picked it up, I think they were going to launch one in and see how they get on. Darren Cuse is really, really good in the air, strong, strong fella. So I think that might have been their their plan. And then maybe Conor McCarthy, if it did break with that um, low centre of gravity that he has, maybe to nip in and maybe get any loose ball. But it didn't. It didn't manufacture itself that way. But he did. He did play a bit of football at, at full forward, and he he causes havoc. Uh, you know, even in the Trillet game in the semi final, there was a couple of balls um, played in long and high, and he won them. And probably just the, the end product wasn't there on a few occasions. Glenn struggled maybe to contain Hughes at times. I suppose the way he was drifting from midfield into full forward, Glenn probably didn't have a plan for that. Yeah, um, it probably it, it looked like he was. They didn't know who to pick him up when when he went inside because Ryan Dugan w- w- had the job of picking up um, Jack McCarron, Uh and then the, the other the two cornerbacks for Glenn are are a smaller natured player. So Darren Hughes, it was going to be a mismatch. He, he did win two balls. Uh, he he won one in the second half where it was just fisted back across the goals. There was no one there. It would have been the keeper come to contest it as well. It would have been just a, a tap in for anyone that, that had a. Um, went for like a poacher's finish uh, towards the goals but it seemed that they hadn't sort of planned for, for that eventuality um, Darren Cuse did cause bits of bother definitely when he, when, he, when he drifted inside It seemed that even Kieran McFall was picking him up at times which like that wouldn't really be his game so it was probably a bit of a like it was a good decision you'd have to say now but by the Scottstown management Yeah I, I, obviously 
Glenn want to manufacture the Kim um, uh, or Kim at fall be finds himself as that sort of spare man where he can sort of drift onto attacks late and, and, and start them and do a bit of sweeping when, if if and when needs be. But no, it, it was it was a good tactic from from the, the Scottsdale management. It's and it is look, I'm probably we would surprise in, in one sense because, you know, it's not something really, really new because as I say I seen the the Glen and Kilku or the Scottsdale Kilku game along with the Trillic game and Darren Hughes when attacks are slow, um, sometimes he he'll be that person that um breaks the line, but on other occasions he, he can find himself in the full forward line and I say he's an aerial threat. He's really really good in the air. As you mentioned, uh, Connor McCarthy was flying early on and Ethan Doherty on on the other side. He he was kind of he was struggling. He was turned over once or twice. So then Scottstown they moved McCarthy onto onto you in Mulholland um, who was doing damage at the time and then Ethan Doherty he, he had a brilliant second half so do you think Scott sounded maybe regret moving McCarthy? Well I suppose Union Mulholland picked up uh, he notched over three points along with picking up man of the match um, so they, they probably needed to curtail his influence on it but Conor McCarthy was having a huge like he kicked a monster score he turned Ethan Doherty over in the first it may have been the first two or three minutes um, but I probably I think it's very very hard to keep a, a person or a player of that nature and quality of Ethan Doherty's quiet for you know a full 60-65 minutes there's going to be a period of time where he finds himself in a, a, a bit of space and can take someone on but he um he's a great like he never stops working like yeah, I was really really impressed with his work rate yeah, yesterday it wasn't going all his way but he kept shooting for ball he kept being direct he's really really good at taking people on and I suppose maybe from the Scottsdale perspective if they had to do it all over again they might keep Conor McCarthy on, on Ethan Doherty and find someone else to, to go go and pick up Unum Hunt. that being said Scottsdale they, they played well in the second half you'd have to say and um, with 50 minutes gone Rory Began went forward and f- firstly like what an unbelievable score that was by Began he played two one twos, and then when he gets the second one back he kind of sold Conan McGuckian of all people sold him a dummy and slotted it over that put Scott's down one up with, with 10 to go so so what were you thinking then uh, Kyle? Firstly we knew probably it was going to be a, a low enough scoring game there wasn't going to be you know I don't think we were we were expecting you know a 19 or 20 point game I don't think that's the nature of the Ultra Champs I don't think it's the nature of the, the, the two teams as such um, and I know Scottstown kicked 17 points in the in the semi-final against Strike that was after extra time as well but I was thinking that at that stage I still Glenn were causing huge problems going forward and Scottstown commit everyone to their attack um, even going back to the, the first half when it, what I felt watching the game was Scottsdale were most vulnerable on a Glenn kicker. Rory Began was coming right up to underneath the stand. And there was a couple of times he pulled off an absolutely fabulous save, but everyone from Scottsdale was chasing back and he got a hand hit on the line. Um, but at, at that stage, I still thought that Glenn were, I thought that Glenn could have got a goal. There, there was a chance in the, in the second half again when everyone from Scottsdale was pushed forward, including Rory Began. They were probably... Um, they were probably sort of when, whenever Glenn were defending in numbers that Rory Began beats that extra man and he's so so good like he you know the, Trillick in the semi-final they man-marked him and that's what needed to be done he probably had a wee bit more freedom um, on this occasion but I still fancied Glenn at, at that stage uh, just felt that they were getting their scores a wee bit more freely than Scottstown were having to work for theirs. Isn't Began unbelievable? Um, look, we've talked about him so much, I suppose, especially throughout this club championship, what he's done um, the last few rounds. But there was one stage late on in the game where Scottstown were obviously chasing. They were either, they were three down, I think, at this stage. And I seen one of their defenders. I suppose it was kind of a natural reaction. He went back to kind of cover the goals because Began was out. And Began, like, he, you could see that Began was cross for him. He he was like, will you get out the field? Like, you know, that's just the, the mindset he has. And he's so good when he's out there. The thing that that, that, that I really like about Rory Began when he comes out the pitch, he, he's prone to a mistake. He's prone to like a solo up in the air, or but it never faces him. And another thing that sometimes you see whenever goalkeepers come out, um, that whenever someone gets a ball in around the 45 and the goalkeeper is the free man, 
some teams tend not to use him because they're thinking, oh, this keeper can be ropey enough on the ball. Every single time that Rory Beggins free, he's nearly like a, a quarterback as such. He's getting the ball. Scotstown are happy to give him the ball. Because so, he can kick it. I know the breeze was probably in his face, but Rory Beggins capable of kicking the ball 50 metres, no problem, and knocking it, knocking it over. And that's why he's so influential for Scotstown. Uh, he, he did try a shot in the first half from underneath the stand side where it just went a bit wayward but as I said it doesn't phase him he came up he caught a kick out he caught a kick out against um, Tillich in the semi-final so he's a huge he's a huge asset for, for Scotstown and for, and for Monaghan um, I, I personally I love to see it you know what I mean I, I love to see keepers uh, and someone who's as comfortable uh, as Rory Began coming out the pitch you mentioned that you weren't surprised, I suppose, that Glenn, even though Scotstown went up with 10 minutes to go, you weren't surprised that Glenn were able to respond. And they did respond immediately. Like from that begging score to the finish, they had seven attacks to um, Scotstown's four, three scores to one. And that Connor last score after 55 minutes, he batted the kick out down and then got the return pass and stuck it over. Um, I suppose it was just a sign of a, of a brilliant player I suppose in glass and a sign of a brilliant team as well in Glen that when they were under pressure and maybe things weren't going completely to plan they, they didn't panic like no, and I listened to Connor Glass's interview after it along um, he spoke to, to one of the journalists after the game and, and, and I was listening to it and the process like you look against the Glenties or Neve Connolly in the semi-final Emmett Bradley who was very very quiet yesterday by probably by his own standards but like he really stood up in the semi-final or the quarter uh, sorry yes the semi-final he knocked over a free kick it was really really tough and then again he kicked the winner um, but the process that, that they like I was just amazed by their fitness like when, whenever it was in the dying seconds of the game there was a ball Scotstown I think it might have been Jack McCarron to give it away but the whole of the the, the um, Glen sort of half back line that were, who found themselves in that area as soon as the ball was turned over on their bike and they were just pumping forward and I think that's it's, it's a process that, that they, they trust they, they know that they, the calibre of players they have the Connor Glasses you know Keir McFalls the, the Doherty's um, Newton Mulholland the, Danny Tallon they, they trust their process and they, they've been in those situations down through the, the last number of years and they're comfortable and that's why I felt whenever I come down sort of the home stretch with 10 minutes ago it was tight that's why I was thinking you know, Glenn will, will, will just come through because they've been in, in these situations time and time again. And another win for Maliki O'Rourke. He, he won uh, an Ulster title with the Loop up up in Derry. I think it was in 2004 as well. Back to back now with Glenn. Like he's just, um, and obviously we know all he did with, with uh, Monaghan. Like just, he seems to have the, the magic touch, doesn't he? Yeah. Hey, and look, I'm sure it may have been hard enough for him whenever the, the dairy job was was coming up that you know I'm sure someone spoke to him or he, he had to have someone had to have a conversation with him because he I'm, you can you know, bet your hat that he, he was high on the list of priorities for that job and I'm sure it, may, it would have been hard enough for him to, to turn that one down because you know he, inevitably he is an inter-county standard manager managing at club level you know um, but it just seemed to be that like as it, going back to the Connor Glass um interview what he said was he referenced the whole back to back between Ryan Porter and all but he says whatever Maliki says we do you know and that's the, the thrust that they put in, in their management team as, as a whole but like there was one instance where I think it might have been Alex Jack Doherty um, was there was a ball played out to him Glenn turned it over and he was just sort of waiting on it on the 45 he just let the ball sort of come to him he waited, Glenn turned it over, or sorry, Scottsdale turned it over, won a free kick, and, and I think he made it through the game at that stage, but automatically he, he pulled him off. You know, there was no hesitant, there was no waiting around. He, he, he's, he's a manager who, who makes decisions on the spot, and nine times out of ten, they, they, make, you know, they, work, they work out for him. Well, well he, he, um, he mentioned in, in an interview last week that it, it, it was just, that was kind of the, the plan, like this is the plan that he's staying with Glenn, and this is... They're still on a journey, so I suppose that was why he he decided to stay. Um, and another thing that might have been slightly difficult for him yesterday was um, the fact that it was against Scotstown, and you know he, he's managed um, the likes of Darren Hughes, Kieran Hughes, Jack McCann, Rory Began, all, all these boys um, for 
for many years with, with Monaghan so um, you know he, he was interviewed after he said um, the boys have, have put such effort into their club and county I know a lot of the, the boys and, and only it was us they were playing I'd have been hoping that they'd have won um, it was heartbreaking wasn't it Kyle for, for, for Darren Hughes like I, th- I think it's, it's eight Ulster campaigns and it could be the same for Kieran, and, and they still haven't got over the line it's tough on the man and I thought this year um, you know the way they, they got the win against um, Kilcoo uh, uh, and then they, they, they picked up the win obviously against Shalik but like the likes of Jack McCarran yesterday I was sort of hoping that they got a bit a wee bit more fr- from him you know as a an out and out scorer he was for me he was just pulling the trigger from, from angles especially in the conditions yesterday that were really really tough um Kicked three wides in the first half. He had one or two in the second half. So it's, it's disappointing, probably for Scotland, because they, they probably thought that you know adding Jack McGarn into into the fold of players that they have. You know they have a number of under county players and players that, uh, that have played under county before. So it's disappointing. I'm sure that, that Darren Hughes, I think I read somewhere yesterday before the game was 37. So it's it's hard to keep going to the well. But geez, he, he's He's a man that that doesn't play like a like a thirty seven year old. It was it was tough to watch now because he is such a warrior and we all have so much um, respect for him. Conor Carville he gives a great speech, doesn't he, uh, Kyle? He 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 said at the end he said finally let's enjoy the celebrations up the Watties. He said so. Um, he he's uh, he's a good leader, I'd say, in that team. Yeah, he, he seems to be, and he speaks really really well. Um, but you can see that. It, it just strikes me as a team uh, uh, full of leaders do you know what I mean uh, like even the last score from think of the last score that Glenn got was Kieran McFall maybe to push him out to, to three points to 13-10 that stage some players well, Kieran McFall found himself central position probably about 10 yards outside the D you know more than capable of knocking over but he took one or two more steps just to be sure Got himself into the D just and notched it over the bar where some other players might, might have snatched at it. But like you can go through that Glen team, they have inter county experience. The, the people who you know that played in all Ireland semi finals um, last year for for Derry, um, Emmett Bradley is there, Danny Talon. You know they have players of huge quality, Michael or Carvel as well. So it's you know they have a team full of leaders uh, you know and, and obviously Conor Glass be, being, being a huge um, figure for them as well well it definitely helps too that they're like they've grown up together these boys and I remember they did a piece last year um, it was a video they had on, on their Twitter and it was called the boys from the estate like and like these boys all grew up together whether it was Conor Glass um Maybe Emmett Bradley, Conlon Bradley, all these boys. Like, so I suppose there's just a great um, relationship there that kind of builds a team that day, that way. And um, yeah. I, I suppose coming up now is is the one. There was such controversy over it last year when they played Kilmacud, and obviously Maliki O'Rourke. He, he was interviewed afterwards. He, he kind of he says all the right things. He's such a good speaker as well. Like he said, we felt that Kilmacud on the day deserved their victory. Do you know we were disappointed by how the game finished up and, and and so on. But there's a bit of spice to it, isn't it? Especially that it's coming around so so quickly from from last year's All-Ireland Club final absolutely um, it's one you know you know Glenn couldn't have been focused on it too much you know obviously deep down they'll have wanted it they'll have said to themselves you know getting out of Derry obviously is their first uh, first party call and then obviously the Ulster champion or Ulster campaign can be tough with, with so many good teams com- coming from their respective championships but you, probably deep down they'll, they'll have wanted to get a chance at, at uh Kilmacud again, especially on how the the whole thing um, finished up last year in the All Ireland Club final. But um, yeah, Malachi Rook spoke after the game and he said Kilmacud were the better game, team. But you know what? You, you can't expect him to say much else because if, he, if he's doing that, he's he's igniting the fire. You know, for for Kilmacud, he's giving them that, that extra wee bit of bit of motivation. But it'll be. I'm really looking forward to that one. There will be uh, there'll be. There'll be plenty of eyes on it, and, and I see that. Uh, did I see that Jaro Kane was sort of pushing for it to be um, outside at Croke Park? Uh, I see, still see that last night on, on on Twitter. He was sort of saying that that you know these these games should be outside of of, of Croke Park. I actually didn't see that, but to me it sounds like a good idea because um, you would have definitely felt it yesterday. But 
like watching on the television the atmosphere in that Scotstown Glen game um, in what, whatever a county ground like the Armagh one like you could nearly hear the, sh- the shed being hit every time there was a score or something like this and the atmosphere was just unbelievable there was 6,000 just over 6,000 in the athletic rounds yesterday um, number, number one put that in just put you know put that plus another maybe just a couple of thousand into Crook Park it's completely lost you know like uh, even put another 10,000 on it it's lost put another 20, you know it, it's not going to make a difference till you know everybody's going to be jammed into the, the Hogan stand as such uh, and that's the, the, the game the atmosphere lost yes players love playing there but just from the point that you're making uh, where, where we do the commentary and in the athletic grounds, the box of the athletic grounds, you do it from sort of inside, like a um, glass paneling. It's, it's in the inside, but there, there was that many r- reporters and journalists there yesterday where uh, where we were working. We couldn't you know, get along the front row, so we actually went outside and, and commentated. We, we got the, the stuff passed out through the window, and, and we done it from outside, and, and it was absolutely fabulous because you felt as if you were sitting in, in the middle of the crowd and. You know, you were hearing what you know. There was people ch- chattering in front of you and saying different things, and then there was roars going up. And there were, you know, you don't really get that fr- from inside. It, it was absolutely fabulous. And county grounds, you know, uh, such as athletic grounds, Clonas, you know, Limerick. Uh, yesterday, obviously, it's, it's a big ground. Um, holds a lot of people. But for me, that that's what's special a- a- about these club games and tight knit grounds. It's, it's fabulous and for the atmosphere players love it personally the athletic grounds is a fabulous place to play the, the crowd from the, right on the sideline you know, when, when you take a sideline ball someone can touch your back you know that, that's that's what that's what makes those games atmosphere yeah and, and sometimes they are lost in um in Croke Park so um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there you, you mentioned Limerick Kyle and uh, I know you didn't see um, the game there you're obviously working at the other one but um, Castlehaven they're the champions for, for a fourth time in their history their first since 1997 they've only I looked it up this morning they've only won six Cork championships so um, it's a good conversion rate to have uh, converted four of them to, to Munster championships yeah that's that's some conversion rate you know from from only having six uh, county or championships from from club, and then going out into the monster championship, winning winning another four. I, I actually seen the highlights um, last night when I, when I got home. I, I found them found a wee bit of highlights on Twitter, but the the, the conditions were the conditions were poor in, in um, Armagh, but I don't think it was anything like what what was going on in, in Limerick. Uh, I think it was was it Mark Collins' point uh, when when it was a. Not sure if it was, might have been the thirteen ten or thirteen eleven at this stage, but he put it out to the right hand side, and you can just see the ball coming back with such, you know, um, uh, it's crazy winds just to be to be playing in, and, and the conditions were were horrific. But credit to both teams just serving up a. Uh, the, the quality of the, the game it, it was fabulous it was actually crazy now the the wind um, I had a video up on Twitter of I think it was Mikey Ganey he took a shot and the ball actually landed behind from where he kicked it from it just went up in the sky and bounced backwards and then there was another time the ball flew out up into the stands and one of the Castlehaven players had to run out about eight or nine rows into the stands uh, to get the ball <laughs> then obviously f- for well look first of all um Darren O'Sullivan, obviously, he's a, a friend of the show. He he was he was tweeting that he, he felt in those conditions and that it was it didn't really sit well with him that you know that it, it, having gone to extra time that it was to be decided on on penalties then. So do you know what what do you think like when again when the conditions are so bad do you think that game should have gone ahead like or what do you think? Well, when, when you when you're looking at the conditions as how they were. Um, uh, probably the, the the right thing might have been to to you know make, make a move, but then you have to take into consideration that that the game's live on on, on TV. Uh, TG Four have a have a huge probably burn on a uh, call to make on, on this one. So maybe maybe the right decision, you know, hindsight would have been if TG Four hadn't been involved, the game hadn't been live on on TV, and so be it. You could have could have got it moved, but you know it probably had to go ahead just with. Say with the TV rights, but you know, from a player's point of view, you know, Dingle obviously will be kicking themselves. I know that um, with reading the match report this morning, that um, Castle Heaven, I don't know if they ever ever led in the game. Uh, I don't think that they ever led. You know, obviously get the game to extra time and then and then to penalties and then to win it, but they, they, they never led in the game. So Dingle will probably feel a bit um, aggrieved in their in their own 
right but I think they had enough chances you know during the during the course of the game to, to, to win it but from a player's point of view you want probably the best conditions possible but look we're in the month of December it's it's you know we, we live in Ireland we're not going to get sunshine at uh, this stage of the year there's obviously some lads who will I suppose love the conditions like that and some other lads won't it's a different story like it, it was very enjoyable to watch uh, first of all just because of how how kind of wild it was and the ball could bounce anywhere obviously different to play in it but it makes it so difficult for players like even you can see that even a hand pass is tough to catch on a day like that like and it really does test a team's skill and I have to say like for most of the team I thought Dingle were the team that had you know a little bit more craft given the conditions they they were kind of working the ball up better um, and Castlehaven they kicked a good bit of possession away which I suppose in conditions like that is is probably not the smartest thing but in their defence they had kind of a, a sort of an interrupted game in that Michael Hurley was one of their best players he pulled his hamstring early on had to go off Conor Cahalan got injured and then he came back on um, in fairness to him they got a red card as well um, it is as you said it's it's just Dingle will be they will be kicking themselves because they probably they look like winners for, for most of it Cahill Maguire stepped up and got the last two scores for Castlehaven to, to send the game to extra time so I suppose that was that was the real killer for, for Dingle um, just to say listen to that when I was on the, on the way to the, to the other game um, Dingle had, had a few chances obviously uh, and were working the ball a bit better but you were saying there about Castlehaven um, kicking possession away you know, that probably comes from the, the type of game plan that, that they have set up and unfortunately whenever the conditions are that bad your game game plan might be kicking but it, it'll go you know, the, the amount of ball that you will lose if that is your game and that's what you continue to do in the in, in that weather but Hand passing, even as I watching the highlights, looked to be as I say, really difficult. You had to make sure that the ball was a hundred percent going to the right place where you wanted it to, to, to go. Um, and I've seen the the last two scores from Cahill Maguire. He found himself in a wee pocket of space for the last one and and just tapped it over. Probably Dingle feel that they should have had someone. You know, he was relatively free. There was someone coming to put a bit of pressure on him just as he's about to to, to kick it, but. Um, for, for a team not to lead Dingle you know that's what you you look at Dingle will probably be kicking themselves and it'll be an opportunity missed for themselves but you look at the scores and Brian Hurley kicked seven points I think it was three or four frees and 145 they all have a huge part to play in, in those type of conditions uh, I'm sure you've seen the the pen, well the highlights of the penalty shootout then which yes, which, which of course was it was all about Damien Cahalan like it was the Damien Cahalan show um, <laughs> apparently from the minute the game ended the Castlehaven management they were straight over to the referee like asking like can we do this can we put Cahalan in goals and sure then he just took over from there obviously you've probably seen on Twitter <clears throat> that he won a national cup with John Egan playing yeah. in front from at centre at centre half with, with Greenwood so uh, he has yeah. and you could see it in him he, 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 he was loving it he was like Tim Cruel actually yeah. in there with the mind game uh, he's not like remember Harry Kane went in the goals one time as well um, but no look uh, I suppose that if I'm right Jane, you maybe can correct me but I think throughout the Cork Championship a couple of their games had went to penalties so they have a bit of experience um, obviously you know, going down that route, they have a bit of experience. So that might be something that they had done previously. I don't know. I didn't see many of their games in the Cork Championship. So um, it might have been something that they had trialed, or they obviously they knew they were going to do it. If, he, if it was going to penalties, that's who, who was going into goals. Um, but then the, the celebrations at the end with the the double hamstring pull I'm not sure I'm sort of feeling my own hamstrings here because I've seen him celebrating I'm not sure what way it sort of went oh it was it was hilarious uh... it was great for you it was great for you mate <laughs> because he had played obviously 80 minutes at centre back and then going into goals for a shoot like that was he'd, uh, he'd done a lot like oh he'd done and a huge credit to him like, because you know obviously with, with, the, with the bigger goals and all he, he had his burns about him no they, they definitely knew what they were at then um, and, and fair play to their, their own keeper obviously you know he I'm sure would, would want to be in goals for um, the penalties obviously he's good enough to do goals throughout the whole of the game and, and extra time but John, he, can, he, he must be some keeper. He, he can find himself in a, in a position very handy. It, it was actually so funny during the shootout. Like, 
just watching Cahalan like because he yeah. was kind of laughing and he'd score his penalty and he'd be laughing as he's walking in having a joke with the other goalie uh, Gavin Curran I think was his name and like the other goalie wasn't as involved in like I don't know was he having the crack with him or oh. was Cahalan just playing mind games but the Castlehaven manager said after he said he's a big boy you could see he was making his present felt I think it was a bit of a mind game as well and he's good at that he's good at that part of the job as well so uh, he loved uh, he uh, loved it like a wee bit of Emmy Martinez about him was there <laughs> yeah that's what I was thinking yeah. Martinez or Tim yeah. Krul or something yeah. yeah no it seemed to be that he, he was enjoying the situation he was finding himself and I know if that happened to me I was going into goals at Adam and just trying to concentrate um, uh, on how to to, or try to save one or try to get down to the corners but no he seemed to relish the, the situation he was in fair play to him and I think he, he took one of the penalties as well two of the penalties yes, that's that's um, fair play to him after playing 80 minutes and then going in the goals it'll be I'm sure there'll be a few pints tucked last night and, and, and today and they'll have a laugh over that one and he like he the wind was obviously so strong, but the wind was at the penalty takers' backs. So he used it like he absolutely buried his penalties. Like and the wind, I was surprised the net stood up to it. Like crazy. Um, but as I say, it's it's probably it's Dingle will feel you know a bit begrudged when getting to that stage. Probably they'll feel it should never have got to you know thirteen eleven up or I think that's what it was. It finished thirteen all. Um, you know for normal time they'll they'll want it to have seen it out and, and opportunities missed. But give Castlehaven credit as you have said during your um, during it there that you know they had an interrupted game. They they, they lost um, players to injury. They had a red card. They had people come back on. So they they had an interrupted game. But full credit, sign of a, a strong team and a strong management team to, to hang in there. And just on um, Damien Cahalan, like he's he's the fullback for the Cork Herders. He was centre back starting the game yesterday. Ended up in goals. Like he's. I suppose that's a testament to him. Um, he had two brothers on the team, Jack and Connor. But uh, Jack plays senior football for Cork. Connor plays hurling for Cork. Two of his sisters play for Cork. His there was a picture. Castlehaven had had a picture up of Damien uh, with Larry Tompkins and uh, his father Niall Cahalan from '97 when Castlehaven last won the Munster Football Championship. Damien was obviously uh, only a young lad back then, but um, <clears throat> those Cahalans like they're just an unbelievable family. Like I, I was. Niall Callan was obviously a great jewel player for Cork and I was interviewing him uh, a few years back and you know he said that it can, it can be tough as well when there's so many involved because he, he actually said that sport it comes with a government warning there are defeats and teams to be picked and maybe sometimes a person doesn't make the team and he said and somebody else could be winning and another sibling could be losing he said you'd have to be fierce caref- careful which room you go into in, in the house uh, and what type of a face you have on you in the morning so um, they, they'll all be smiling this more than any of No, they will. And lucky, you know, that surname of Cahalan has been renowned throughout Cork, um, GA for, for you know, from, I remember from the name from, from I've been growing up as, as a young lad. And as I say, it's, it's great credit to them. They're, you know, it's a huge tradition, obviously, the whole family involved in the GA. But you can see, you know, and that's what we, we love about the, the, the club game and seeing these club games on TV, having the benefit of being at the Glen game yesterday. You can see, like, I'm not sure there was anyone left at Mahara yesterday. Everyone seemed to be on, on, on the pitch. And, you know, it's the same with, with Castle Haven getting over the line. Uh, you know, these, uh, it's just the close knit and, and everyone, you know, you know everyone with a county game, it's a bit different where, you know, you obviously have a huge following and people's coming from all over your county. But when it's, you know, that close knit, it's just great to see. And uh, and the Callahan family will, you can be sure that everyone will be smiling this morning. That'll be the, the, the way they'll be feeling. Maybe a few sore heads, but the, the, the feeling will, will be good. Yeah, well, I was trying to get Damien on, on the show, but I um, haven't got any response yet. So maybe. Uh, it's, it's, only 20, it's only 20 past 11, so you can be sure that he's uh, he, he mightn't be out of his bed just yet. Well, um, you're right too. Though there was a there was a brilliant photo um, just at the end of the game. It was of uh, Jack and Damien and their mother Ailish. And I've seen that one. Yeah, like you could you could see it in in their faces. What what it all meant. Like look, you know you, you know yourself being involved in your in, in your club. Um, it means so much to people. Um, and as I say, like you, you get to celebrate those you know wins with your family. Like it's just it's you know. 
I know I keep going back to the Connor Glass interview, but I guess he spoke after the game and he says, like, it's obviously something they've spoke about, you know, we're only borrowing the jersey, but you know that, you know, it could be a family member or it could be a cousin or it could be a friend, you know, or it could be a next-door neighbour coming along after you, you could be playing with them. That's what the, what the, the club game um, is about. And, you know, I've seen that picture that, that you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, someone uh, he just grasping his mother, you know, and that's look at that's that's what those wins are about. That's that's why people, that's why we all play play the game, you know. Yeah, um, and Niall Cahalan actually told me that it was it was Ailish that the the boys got the pace from. So that's the the mother who they were hugging in that yeah. photo. So uh, <laughs> oh, fair play, yeah, fair so, play. So there you go. So um, look, that's a great note to end um, the provincial final discussion on. Um, I have an interview with Jamie Wall coming up to chat about the All Ireland Her- Club hurling semi finals that are on next weekend. But um, thanks a million, Kyle, for joining us today. No problem at all. Anytime. Well, Jamie, how are you? And how are you? Not too bad now. Um, just while it's fresh in the mind, um, I know you were uh, on punditry duty at the weekend. I was. Um, do you think anyone uh, can stop Bally Gunner? No. Is that on the record or off the record? <laughs> it's on the record. On the record? Um, on the record, I think that it would be foolish right off any team from Kilkenny strongly and I think Thomas's are well placed to have a good cut off them in the semi-final you know they might be coming in a little bit just you know a little bit undercooked we'll say having performed so well in the Munster final um, you know I have nothing to say like that oh they were so good in the Munster final maybe they won't be that good the next but like you know yourself the nature of performance you know coming within two weeks of that it'd be very hard to replicate such a power so in like um, Thomas's will obviously and Thomas's are winner too you know they've won six in a row in Galway they know how to win games this time of year and all that so you give them you give them a, a bunch of chances there but um, it's really hard to anyone beat them like they're so impressive like they're so impressive close like really wow is it their use of possession that impresses you most? everything honestly their conditioning is unbelievable I've never seen a club team in as good Nick is them. The organization, they're super organized. Their use of the ball, so good. Like, if you stand off them, you just walk the lines, and, you know, you saw the goal they scored, like, you know, it was like nine passes for no one laid a glove at them. And if you squeeze up on them, like Stephen O'Keefe is just going to, like, I was getting a bit of stick over using kind of phrases like hitting the pin and all that kind of crack. But, like, if you stand off them, he will just spray a ball into space that you are sorry if you push up he'll fall into the pocket space that you leave and it cut it a shred that way like so it's the way that they can play anyway I think is what makes them so impressive like really like you might self up to say oh we're going to try and hold our shape and you know try and stop them from picking us off in the faces and they'll walk the ball up through the lines and they'll make someone commit every time and if you press up on them like they'll, they'll find Stephen O'Keefe or they'll find Philip Manny or something like that and they'll just ping the ball in behind you and like they'll make sure you that way. So it's really, it's just really hard. To, uh, it's really hard to pin down any one thing, but like, you know, just, at the moment, like they're just a well-oiled machine and like, like even then, like the work rate is savage. It's thick, like the work, the work for six forwards do, like the six forwards are inter-county standard forwards. The six of them work, like they work as if they're Junior B fella playing with our teamers and they was just told, Oh, you just have to go and be a dog. Like they work they work hard, like they've no right to, and then they've got this unbelievable ability on top of it. Like as the six of them are, they're close enough to county standard, if not into county standard themselves. But like yeah, like I said, when when you start talking about them, like it's hard to kind of find a flaw and probably I know I can't really beat them like, but they're they're just super impressive. Well they remind you of an inter county team. Yeah, I can think of the one you're thinking of, all right. Um, it reminds me of a specific inter-county team. They remind me very much of Limerick, like, you know, just the way they play the game. Um, I think there might be a bit of a Limerick influence in their back room, I'm not certain. But, uh, you know, the way they play the game, um, like I said, that kind of sense of, like, you know, you might think the best way to go about this is to, is to stand, is to kind of, you know, hold a shape and try and, beat them that way, you know, um, similarly to the way I think Galway kind of went after Limerick that way um, a couple of years ago. 
or you might think the best way to go at them is to squeeze up on them and you know try and capture every ball. Um, but they seem to find seem really good at recognizing what you're trying to do to them and then applying the answer that they are happy with. Because if you look at like the Cork, the game against Cork Arsenal, they were really direct in the first half that day with the breeze on Walsh Park. Like they were like they were going long every time over the Cork lads and into the faces. But in the last day against Conlara at times and Conlara sat back any bit, they just would say, right, we're gonna walk it all up, come out through each line of the pit. But like they seem really good at recognizing what you're trying to do to them. Um and then just deciding, you know, what way they've been set up to go about about countering it. So yeah, like they, they would like to look at their organization, like they, they would remind you of the county team in the sense that like they're kind of like their puck outs, they Spaces they find, spaces they create, and then find everything. Like they're just, honestly, neither just but super, the superbly impressive team, um, and even more so close. Like when you actually get to actually go and watch them, they're they're really excellent. Club. Like as a coach, when you get to to watch them up close like that, is there like certain things that you you take away from from a day like that? Yeah, <laughs> like so many are trying. Like you're kind of you're trying to trying to pin anything down. Like I think I like the first thing you take away from it is like. You know, they have the players. Like, you know what I mean, like, you can't you? You could be the best coach in the world, and if you don't have the players, they have you'd be at nothing anyway. You know, but then there is an art who I suppose you know having the best players, but making the most out of them, which is what they do so well. You know, like they, um, like I said, if you're watching them there, like in the spaces that their forwards create, um, just the way they've gotten their forwards to buy in the, the workload a must go through and the work rate that they have to go through like you know like that to a, a really coherent group and a really coherent kind of group mentality as well like where they're really driven to kind of win for each other um, and for Valley Gunner like because you see like you see how hard Peter Hogan works there um, you know like he got man the match at the weekend you know where like maybe he doesn't get the praise all the time was there um, but like you see the work he got through like he's an absolute dog like um like Mikey and Kevin Mahoney go through so much work. Um, you know, like Eddie Hutchinson got a ball at once they far that in goal, you know. Eddie was difficulties forward, get the ball in the grip, take a good score. And it would have put them five or six. You know, he'd been well in his right to say, oh, I'm gonna get my score here or whatever, but the run has been made like they're they're really selfless in terms of the way they use the ball, but also in terms of like the way they work. For each other, like it's really like you know, I'm gonna work until I can't work anymore. And like, so, like, to be honest, like, there's so many things as a coach you try and take out of it that you'd end up, like, you know, you'd end up kind of <laughs> you could end up taking nothing kind of from the whole thing, but like, you know, every time you see them up close, because like, I saw them against the Pearson Girl, and like I said, they're just so strong, so fit, so fast, work so hard, so organized, youth ball so well, where they start, like, just that you mentioned the um, Desi Hutchinson one. Uh, it was you were showing it to Daryl Sullivan on TG Cahar, and it was as you said, a lot of lads would take the point. And uh, Michal O'Donnell asked him, like, at what t- at what point are you thinking goal there? And he's just like, right there. So I suppose it's kind of uh, they they don't like they they're kind of always working for the best um opportunity. I suppose is is the is the main thing. Big time, yeah. And like I think like the moment the goal is on there was when Mike Manny gave the ball into the corner and instead of just kinda standing there with his hands on his hips and saying, That was a great ball now this is gonna score, he actually makes that hard run into the space that this is after running out of like so like the, the runs they make and the, their awareness to see where you know, like it's like look watching it on the sideline with it was Kenny and Gary Brennan, there was a couple of times in the first half where we were kind of saying all right, goes on here a few times, and it would watch half and it's mixed of it, like you know, um, where they kind of would half go, and if they get turned away, they'd always come out and they score as well, which is which is another good mark of a team, like so. Um, yeah, like I said, like now, like you kind of finish with us there, like kind of, kind of, you you be all day here talking about talking about them and trying to trying to sit down what they have, like what they have is an incredible group of players who work very hard for each other, and like a lot a lot of good things happen after that too. Uh, so the Fitzgibbon Cup draw was made there today. Um, how how are things shaping up in 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 Mary Eye? Yeah, good. Look, we um, a pretty positive league campaign. We lost the league semi final by uh, a couple of points to uh, New IP or 
University of Galway or whatever it's supposed to call it now, but um, University of Galway. We lost by a couple of points to University of Galway uh, in the semi-final, um, which was a good campaign for us. Look, we kind of got one or one of our big games, one or quarter final, got the semi-final. Um, a lot of players kind of, you know, coming in and out of the team with, with their workload, with inter-county and with their clubs and stuff like that. So, um, you're constantly trying to juggle that and mind that and balance that out. And, um, you know, we've gotten through it with, you know, picking up too many uh, injuries, you know, pretty positive campaign, couple of games played, um, guys getting to know each other. And, like, that's, that's really what you want out of the league, you know. Um, we're pretty happy to get that. And you know, we're kind of set up now. Look, we've got the group. We've been out uh, away. And you can see at home uh, the first two weeks of the competition. And, you know, if we're not at it, it'll be a short competition for us. You know, it should be over in a fortnight. So, um, it's one of those things where, like, we have to be kind of we have to be ready for Wednesday to spend heat of January and be kind of ready to go there because, um, you know, we got it. We, it's a tough group, you know, like I said, we played minutes in the quarter final and we were very lucky to win by a point. It could have gone either way up there, like, so, um, we're under no illusions as to how strong they are. And, and obviously, like, UCC have had, have got so many of those car players that have been, um, so impressive in under 20 in the last couple of years, you know, um, that and are going to be very impressive to still coming as well under 20, I'd imagine. Um, that like, you know, like that's going to be an all merciful battle as well. So, um, we really just, you know, have to kind of get the eyes in the prize for round one against Minute and and because we're going to go up there, it's going to be away from home, it'll be very tough. Um, and you know, and try and put in a performance that'll be good enough to get a result. And that's like, you know, and after that, then the whole thing gets going and you'd like to hope you could get on a bit of a roll, but um, be under a lot of pressure day one. So it's, it starts hot and heavy for us. I was talking to um, Morris Sheridan there and he, he kind of, well, between us, we kind of compared uh, like being a Sigerson or Fitzgibbon manager to being like an international manager in soccer in that you kind of have a small window with the players. like Yeah. Yeah, and they're not they're not entirely yours. They're, they're less yours probably than anyone. They're less yours than the clubs, and um, they're less yours than the counties. So you know you kind of you're the you're the the bottom of the food chain in a lot of ways. There, um, you have to mind them. You have to kind of just to be a bit of trust, a bit of communication with the managers, and uh, and then just hope that like you know you're watching all those competitions, the and stuff, with your fingers over your eyes, praying that everyone gets through it healthy. To be honest. Um, you know, um, but yeah, like it is, it's like that. So, like, I mean, I think the biggest thing you, the best thing you can do is try to create a, a good group atmosphere there. And you no, know, like, you're not going to get many chances to put anything like, um, anything like a rigid system in place. I think that's why the competition is so enjoyable because, you know, partly we don't have the same amount of time as coaches to try and, you know, add elements of control to it. Like, you know, like, Every coach in every sport, they're trying to control things, and control is boring. Um, like a bit of chaos is kind of what makes games fun. You know, like what are the fun games over the weekend in the soccer? Um, Liverpool, Fulham, Spurs, and City. You know, like Klopp and Cogley are, are big on you know kind of that you know that hell for letter approach and that thing. And that's what's entertaining. So in the college game, you don't get the chance to really beat any of the chaos out of the lads or you're really you're very much kind of like trying to put together a group of lads who who are coming from different styles and different cultures and different kind of ways of playing the game and trying to mix and match them together and find a balance there and, and hope it can click on the day oh, um yeah like it, it's very look, it's a very good comparison now. like it's very yeah it's it's kind of money like has it changed much since even 2016 and 17 say um like did, did would you have had say maybe more like access to the players back then when you were involved with Mary? Yeah, probably a little bit. Um, I suppose look, the intercounty wasn't as squeezed, so there wasn't as much pressure on them at the start. So obviously we were happy to give you a little bit more rope with the boys and a little bit more leash. Um, so like side of it, yeah. I looked. I was looking at an old journal there before, and one of our talented was Jake Kula. Um, and we had Rona Maher, Richie Lynch, ball playing. Um, they were all in their senior squads at the time. And um, I think now it would probably be 
Cork, there's enough if I got that many uh, intercounty players out a week before we played against now this year, you know, with, with everything that's going on with them and stuff. But, but we just have to roll with it. Like, you, like, you know, there's a different way of going about it now. The intercounty players are training so much harder even now than even they were seven, eight years ago, you know. So um, you have to kind of have a, try and have a good relationship with the managers and the respective managers and, like, try and mind the lads and look, you know, there's a bit of trust here that, you know, hopefully they look after them as well and that, you know, the lads can be as fresh as possible play the same with their college. Um and that you you know, you reciprocate it when you can then and stuff, you know. So it's uh, just one of the things that I like a lot of communication and, and if you can have that, you know, like the Infocom managers are, are look they're, they're, a lot of them have played the competition players, they get it, you know, they they understand um and I suppose you an understanding for the pressure that they're under too because you know there's there's more scrutiny on them now than ever before probably you know they get um you know if like to me sometimes the second captains during the summer giving out about what they've done and what they haven't done and they've the likes of the others kind of you know having their their work on it um they're under a lot of pressure too and you have to kind of you have to be cognizant of and just kind of accept that and try and work with them within within the imperfect system that we have um because there is no perfect system, so you have to say right to try and work together within what we have. So who would be the I suppose the high profile players and and the Mary I team this year? It's just uh, we won't know, I suppose, too many of what the squads are, are like. Yeah. Um actually looking for Jim Ryan and Adam Hogan are probably two of our two of our, our more um high profile guys. They're both nominated for us there in the last two years. Um Adam was obviously nominated for Young Earner of the Year. Um, so they're probably two of our, our more high profile guys um, they're in the backs and then we've kind of a good few guys who are like knocking around the intercounty panels um, Keanu O'Brien from Limerick and Jamie and especially you know they're they're both kind of been getting game time the last year or two with their counties so um, they'd be kind of the main fellas and, and lads just hoping to really lads hoping to kind of kick on now and, and get a run with the county are, are kind of the bulk of our, our bulk of our setup. and I think it's great enough and I like that because they're very hungry they're you know they're they're really looking to, to prove a point and prove that they're up to the level. So um yeah, so um they're they're, they're kind of the main two to four kind of guys really like you know in terms of like um that have that have seen seen a lot of game time so far between the leagues and championships in the last year or two, you know. Um the GA Go um thing was announced yesterday their schedule for um the year. I know three out of four of the Cork games are gonna be on that. Um is that a thing that you just be like? Do you like watching games on Diego? Or like, I know some people in Cork were were given out now. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, um, thanks. You know, I'm not on too many social media anymore, so I don't see too much of it. But um, yeah, look, to be honest, tonight, like it, it's one of those things that, like, I I quite enjoyed Diego last year. I thought it was actually really well done, really good service, um, and like it has to, you know, it has to be financially stable, which means you know, some games have to be on Diego. That's just, reality of it you know um, and like you know the alternative is that we don't see some of these games you know um, if they're not on Diego you know like the reality is the game chosen ahead of two of the Cork games were Limerick versus Clare and Limerick versus Tip and I mean like Limerick versus Clare has been the best game in the hurling country the last two three years you know um, consistently so like that has to get chosen, obviously. You know, I mean, like if that wasn't chosen, and if it was the one on Diego, we'd be, you know, the, the people would be rightly up in arms. You know, like I think it's one of those things. You know, like we can we can say we can complain about it or whatever, but like I, like I think we have to have a bit of kind of realism doing that. Like there are more games being shown now than ever before. This is the mechanism by which we get to see them. We have to kind of, you know, like I said, and it's it's not perfect. It's imperfect. Like I said, it's like anything else. Um, but we have to kind of accept that, you know, there is going to be an element of this. And like the other thing, Isla, is like 10 years ago, there would be four Muslim country games. But that's it. Quarterfinal, two semis, the final. You know, we're getting, we're getting four Muslim country games every fortnight now. You know, like how many... How many games do we actually get in the Monster Championship? Is it something like 21 or something like? No, like it's, or it's it, it, I'm not sure. You, you can look up the exact number of games, but I guarantee it's an awful lot more than four. Um, like, the trade-off for that is we're not going to see all of them. You know, we're going to see more Monster Championships than ever before. We're going to see more games than ever before. And that's before you ever get on Diego. 
Um, there is more inter DGA than there ever has been, you know. So, like, trade-off is some of it going to have to go behind a paywall. Some of it's going to have to be on a streaming service. And, like, streaming service was impractical last year, in my opinion. They're going to look, I'd imagine, to improve it in the next, in this year, you know. They're going to look to add to it. They're going to look to trend, you know, evolve it, grow it. And that means that, you know, people have to subscribe to it. So it's, it's a hard one. And I do empathize with people as well in that, like, you know, monetary side of it is hard. It, we're in the cost of living crisis. People are, people are, you know, people don't have money. You know, people money isn't growing on trees for people. Like, I get that. Um, but I think we do all right out of GA in terms of rights and that we get an awful lot on our free share account. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we can't have everything. Um, have you been involved with many club teams coaching or have you ambition to, I suppose, get involved in that way? Um, I, I've been involved in my own club for the last three or four years now and I've really enjoyed that. Like I've been studying for a law degree out of UL. Um, so that's been kind of the thing that has, has suited me the most really um, so far. So um, I'm out of that now this year. I'm, I'm actually starting in uh, in a law firm in Cork as a trainee. So uh, I'll be taking a step back from the old uh, from, from the coaching side of it with the uh, club level for, for a small bit just so I kind of get to know um, Get the get the, the feet under the table and get to know the lie of the land there, you know. But uh, it's something I enjoy. Like I do enjoy it quite a lot. Like and it's a very different vibe to the intercounty or the college thing. You know, everything is a very different kind of feeling to, to the other. Like and the club thing is something I very much enjoyed in the last couple of years. But um, like I said, no, it's just something that's going to have to take a, a small bit of a backseat to, to my actual career for a small while, anyway. It still it still lights the I suppose the fire under you, like you mentioned in. The late late show a few years ago about um you know how how it you know it brought that buzz of kind of playing back for you that twenty sixteen final the, the morning of the, the Fitzgibbon final like is it it still does still does that for you big time yeah yeah it's the best it's it's the next best thing and like no point ever saying it's going to be the same as playing it's it can't compare them and you shouldn't compare them because if you compare them like you're you're comparing apples and oranges like but it's uh. It's a really, really enjoyable buzz. Like, there's something really enjoyable about it, like being a manager or a coach with a team at kind of um, with six on the instructions and the training and the work of a couple of weeks and seeing it actually happen on the pitch sometimes. It doesn't happen all the time. It can be, I can assure you. But um, the days that it does, it's, it's a very enjoyable thing. And it's, it's you know, it's very satisfying and, and it's like it's like anything look when you put the work into something and you get the results out of it, it's a very satisfying thing and, and, and I very much get that from the coaching side of things and that, you know. And uh yeah, I mean as long as I am enjoying it, I'll continue to be involved in whatever ways I can. But uh like I said, no, I think I think next year now the local under tens or under twelves or something might be uh might be might be more in my line. Uh, might it might align more to I'll in the rest of my life for, for six months or so. There'll be no um, players' charters for the under 10s or 12s, will there? I'll let them draw it up themselves. If they're able to write, they can do it themselves. Won't be my, won't be my, won't be my baby. <laughs> um, just last question. Um, I was speaking to you, I think it was nearly five years ago. Um, we talked about Aaron Galan before an All-Ireland final. And you told me how it was kind of during, it was Fitzgibbon. Um, it was probably 2017 when you kind of realised that this lad had something special. and. Um, he's he's obviously uh kicked on since, but like, what was it? I suppose that you 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 seen in him. I remember you mentioned a, a game between Patrick Swell and Glenn Rovers that that he yeah. stood out for you. I was excellent that day. That was in the Munster Championship in twenty sixteen. They were after winning the county with the well. Um, and I actually had gone up. I was living in Cardiff at the time, and I went up to see Keane Lynch. Or Aaron was right in front of me because down in the Gaelic grounds, they were the wheelchair viewing areas, kind of right around the half forward mark. And um, you're right in on top of the pitch, so I was right staring at him right in front of me, and I was kind of like, "This was actually in your eye." That was the first day, and I got got a good close look at Aaron. But um, I like look, he's done so much since, like he takes him from the pitch that year, and even more so if you look at like he was superb that year. But if you look at his performance two years later in the fifth when he was a final year and he was the captain, and I mean like he he dragged us into the final that year um, in the fifth given cup, like. Like I was dreaming through the semi final. Um into that final, like he against NUIT up in Ennis. Like he was just 
incredible. Like it's, I think you can probably still look it up on on YouTube. Um, that display, but like that was a display then of like his displays in 2017 were kind of a youthful, you know, really good forward, showing what he can do. Kind of reminded me of was they him in his first year with Limerick in 2018, and that where he was so impressive, like in his break from kind of season when he won the All Ireland. But two years later, playing for us as a fourth year. That was like the guy we've seen in the last kind of 12 months where a real leader of a group now and really taking responsibility and kind of saying, when the pressure's on, I want the ball and I want it in my zone and I'm going to do something and I'm going to hit the pressure freeze and I'm going to take the pressure on myself from that. Um, I really was not right to see the way he's grown because it mirrored a lot of his growth that we kind of saw with him from being a kind of a, a 20-year-old uh, being a 22, 23-year-old in his final year. So, like, yeah, like, I mean, it's... It's no surprise to see levels he's gone on to when you look at the people he's surrounded by, the players he's surrounded by, the coaches he's surrounded by, you know, the people that he's worked with in the intercounty setup, but also with the club setup and that. So, like, it, it's not right for us to see that. And we're obviously very, we're very, very proud of him. Like, you know, Mary I, he's um, himself and Keith and, and all the guys that have kind of gone through the place, like, you know, gone and succeed the way they have is great. Um, and, you know, Hopefully, hopefully some of the lads in the current crop in the next four or five years will be talking about them in the same way. Thanks a million for that, Jamie. No matter night. Okay, so thanks to um, Jamie Wall for that. Uh, we'll be back for the Club Hurling semi-final uh, review show next week. So uh, we'll chat to you all then.